Time now for another episode of Cats from the Past, our podcast presented by Who But WB Mason for the fastest delivery of business products. Nobody does it better than Who But WB Mason. And we are pleased uh, to be joined today, Matt Smith along with Brian Morey, with Patriot, former Patriot Safety, number 36 on your scoreboard, number one in your heart, former Captain Lawyer Malloy from the great state of Washington. Lawyer, thanks for joining us. How are you doing today? What's going on, fellas? It's weird doing it like this. Usually we're in studio. This is uh, this is a different uh, different kind of podcast, I guess. I know I had to put up the mask for like you know for for the duration of this uh, this interview. <laughs> it's kind of weird to hear my own voice not muffled. That's funny. Let's uh, let's get into some uh, uh, more pleasant topics to talk about, and that's Lloyd uh, Malloy's Patriots and football career. So I was rereading something uh, the other day, lawyer, and I remember actually having a conversation with Belichick about this in the last couple, two or three years. Do you remember when you're coming out and you're eligible for the draft and he had just joined Coach Parcell's staff as assistant head coach slash secondary coach? He raved about you and your intelligence and your instinctiveness. Do you remember your pre-draft meeting and his involvement in that at all? Lawyer, I didn't believe it, by the way. I didn't believe the intelligence part. I, I can't throw f bombs on here, guys. Sure you can. It's a podcast. You can say whatever you want. You know how I feel about you, Maury. Um, anyways, um, no, that's that's uh, that, that's an incredible uh, honor uh, that 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 Coach Belichick thought about me pre-draft. Uh, everything pre-draft I remember was with uh, Bill Parcells. Um, I remember coming to Foxborough. First of all, not even knowing where Massachusetts was, or I, I should say where. The Patriots played. I start there and everybody says New England. Uh, uh, I'm a West Coast kid. I was like, shit, I, I didn't know uh, the UK had a, a football team. Um, and, and, you know, uh, it's it, it just, you know, people didn't know because the organization wasn't winning. winning. And um, when I sat down with uh, when I when I when I made it to Massachusetts, and I, I went out to Foxborough and I sat down. Um, Parcells was like, hey, look, you know, we're try- trying to change some things around here. Uh, we're trying to change the attitude around here. And, and I, we think you fit right in. Um, you're smart. You're intelligent. So it was obviously from a, you know, all the coaches and ultimately uh, Belichick had to had to, to agree upon that or whatever. Um, I think if if I was an idiot. In some of the meetings uh, in Indianapolis, uh, Belichick would be like, <laughs> "Nah, we don't want this guy." Um, but um, yeah, so mo- most of my interaction was, was with uh, Parcells, but I'm sure it was a you know a collective uh, agreement. And lawyer, I feel like when Bill sits down, Bill Belichick sits down with a, a draft prospect and puts the tape on, he expects the player he's talking to would be able to tell him what's going on very quickly, why he did what he did. Did he do that with you before the draft? And then when you played for him, how much of that did he do with you guys? Cause he coached the secondary in 1996, your rookie year. I don't remember having any interaction with Bill Belichick pre-draft. Really, I mean, really, really, I, I didn't think I was getting drafted by New England. Like my my visit there uh, was 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 rather relatively short compared to um, uh, I think Kansas City was in the late first round. Um, 
I uh, had, you know, spent the whole day. I mean, they, they wind and dine me. I, I really thought I was going to be a Kansas City chief. Um, <clears throat> and then when New England called and said they wanted to fly me out, I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, um, uh, whatever. You know, again, I went through that process. You know, where they play, what state. Did it, you know, I went through all that. Ultimately, I went there, had, had the, the conversation with Parcells, um, walked around uh, uh, uh uh, Foxborough Stadium, which was uh, a downgrade from what I was coming from in college, nope. Nope. <laughs> being at the University of Washington with the stadium on the water, you know, everything, you know, 70,000 fans screaming. Um, I just I was like, oh, what, what, this is the NFL. Um, so I just remember all those thoughts or whatever, but not really when I left, I, I, I really still didn't think about being a new england patriot uh because my heart was set on oh you know kansas city was you know if i'm going to go in the first round everybody every kid wants to get drafted in the first round i I just assumed it was going to be um i was going to be a chief now after i got drafted were you you pissed no more just nervous like again like the draft to me is is overrated um when i look back on it i went and got drafted to the best situation for me. Um, I'm a I'm a you know blue collar kind of kind of uh, uh, individual. Uh, come from hard hard knock beginnings. I went to a University of Washington and uh, Don, Coach legendary Coach Don James and uh, uh, Jim Lambright, which just passed away last week. Um, were 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 the the, the head coaches. Uh, they 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 ran a real real tight ship. So when I sat down with uh, with Parcells in that meeting and then ultimately, you know, being in the classroom with Belichick um, where, you know, some of, of my teammates uh, felt the pressure. I, I did because I was already, you know, I was already groomed for a situation, um, an atmosphere like that. Very competitive, do your job, you know, type type of deal um, uh, to separate Parcells from Belichick, um, uh, my interaction with Belichick really started, like I said, in the classroom. So once I get drafted, I, you know, realize that, you know, Belichick is the D defensive back coach. Um, did, I wasn't really a historian of, of the NFL at that, at that point, because I was trying to make it there. Um, so I didn't know, you know, uh, uh, you know, that, you know, his, his, um, time and and, uh, Cleveland had just came short he was coming there I didn't know all that I just knew that there was this guy throwing me a whole bunch of you know a a big ass book of of plays um giving me tests every day and you know just expecting so so much um and where I was ready because of where I had came from it was a lot to take in lawyer what what was so how difficult is that like I think I always say you know Bill obviously pushes and pushes and maybe isn't for everyone you know describe some of the things he does that challenge you and make it difficult I would say that I'm glad that I had Bill early in my career that first year um, really prepared me for the next 14 years in the NFL um uh, if I was a seven-year veteran coming coming back and and being under his tutelage, uh, it it probably could have rubbed me the wrong way because, you know, um, the attention to detail, 
to do your job, to him calling you out no matter who you are, if you, if, you, if, if you make a bad play, all that, you know, for a veteran player coming in, you really have to be humble. That's why we've, we've seen uh, um, over the last 20 years, we've seen some uh, some veteran players, players come in and work, even though they're, st- I mean, uh, and I'm talking about big name guys. Some come in and work and some come, come in and don't work. And I think that that's a... Um, uh, a big factor into that. Now, I was a rookie. I was, uh, you know, determined to make it. Um, and I just realized that his attention to detail was going to get me to where I wanted to be. So I really just wanted to be an extension to him. I really took pride in in, in all those those uh, Friday Friday tests before the game. Um, I, 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 everything that he said, I just it, it just kind of worked. Here's one that I bet you Patriot fans aren't going to be able to get, but you will be. Who was ahead of you on the depth chart uh, at safety that you had to beat, and it took you, I don't know, what, six, seven weeks before you beat him out? Who was it? Ray. Terry Ray. Terry Ray. Um, So don't you think, uh, lawyer, that your attention to detail and all that stuff that you just talked about, I mean, I think I recall Belichick kind of pushing for you to start, but probably harder – for Parcells to agree to it because he wants a veteran in there. Um, did Were you chomping at the bit to get in there and play more, or do you think that things worked of out course. the way that it should have worked out by taking you six or seven weeks to start? Of course. Everybody wants to come in and be a starter. Um, but, you know, I, I I understood and respected the process. Like, uh, And that's what I had done up until that point in my journey is no matter how good I was individually, um, when I walked into a new app, uh, a new locker room, you know, be, you know, uh, be it at University of Washington, uh, New England Patriots uh, and, and the other three teams I played for in the NFL, always put my mindset at the bottom like this is this is starting out i gotta go earn earn you know earn the respect um i i I, it's it's hard not to in nfl as an individual knowing that in order to make it you really have to be a starter you know the starters make the money or whatever and this guy ray a likable guy was it was in my way but i knew i needed time to mature you know, uh, and, and, and not from a physical standpoint, it was more, you know, just to make sure that, you know, that I was smart enough to go out there and line up next to Willie Clay. Um, the one thing about Ray was, you know, uh, I think that he was very intelligent, um, you know, a student, student of the game. He was, you know, always the one, you know, asking questions and raising his hand, but, you know, smart being, being smart, um, can only get you so far. You know, uh, you have to have have the physical ability, too. And you have to have the, the, the mentality, too. And that's what I brought. I brought both, you know, the, the mental and the physical. And lawyer, so how much did Willie Clay really help you that year as a, as a veteran? Oh, tremendously, here? tremendously. He was basically, you know, uh, uh, coming over and grabbed me by the hips and put me in position. And then, you know, then when when I heard set, set hut, I was able to just go go hit somebody. <laughs> Uh, that's how important <laughs> Willie Willie Clay was to me. I don't I don't remember uh, know if you guys remember uh, on ESPN we we showed up uh, Pete Carroll's uh, Pete Carroll's first um, training camp and we go to camp and right before I'm driving up there and I get the news that you know they they released Willie Clay Willie Clay. I remember and, it well. Uh, 
um, <laughs> you know, the reporters, it might have been you, asked me, so how do you feel about, you know, Willie, losing Willie Clay? Duh, duh, duh. And something told me you to drove take away. off. I, I you drove away. I started to drive away, and then I, <laughs> then I put Spun back around. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so that, that's how much I revered uh, And then rolled down and, the window and, and went off. Oh, I was like, oh, but that's how that's how I feel. I'm a I'm I'm a, I'm a man of loyalty, and, and this 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 guy, uh, Willie Willie helped me tremendously, um, cracking through the wall, um, you, know, you know, becoming a starter, but also also uh, helping me helping me stay there, you know, because he, he, a lot of people get that opportunity, most people don't stay, and he was a big part of the reason I stayed. So it's your rookie year, and you you guys are hosting the AFC Championship game, and you end up winning that game, lawyer. And I remember everybody running around the stadium with the trophy and high five, what, uh, high fiving the fans. What was that feeling like your rookie year, knowing that you're going to the Super Bowl at that point in time after winning the AFC Championship game? Uh, for, like like for me, um, I, I guess this is what Belichick and Parcells was looking for. Um, was it wasn't as big of a, a hooray moment for me because of the success I had in college. You know what I mean? Um, I came there to 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 win ball games, so I expected us to to go out there, compete hard. Me individually, go out there and do my job to give our team the best chance to be successful. And if you do all those type of things uh, uh, right individually, and then collect collectively as a as a team. You end up going around shaking, you know, shaking the fans' hands and 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 going to, you know, show, showcase showcase your abilities with your team in front of the world. And uh, for me, so for me, walking around, I was like, okay, well, you know, just the next step. Um, I didn't really know the significance of um, of that moment for uh, Patriot fans for our organization. I mean, cause it was what 1985 since they had you know played the Bears, I, I believe, right? Yeah, '85 was the yeah. first and only Super Bowl trip prior to right. you guys in '96. Right. So yeah, it was it was another trip, but what it was 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 you, when you think about the guys, just in my draft class, myself, Terry Glenn, Adam Vinatieri, Teddy Bruschi, just to name a few. Um, that was the beginning of something. Like obviously we didn't win the game, but it it was it was it, it was to show. You know, not only ourselves, but the organization, the city of Boston, you know, no, nah, we're, we're not a fluke. You know, we're here uh, right now, but expect more of this. Lawyer, that week, obviously, you know, the team is getting ready to play in the Super Bowl. And then, you know, there was a lot of controversy around Coach Parcells at that point uh, with with news breaking that he was coaching his last game with the team. Did that have any impact on the players and the preparation for the game? I was a rookie at that point, so I, I, I wasn't paying attention to anything. I was just trying to do my job. So I, I, I stayed out of, out of all politics, you know. Um, yeah, so I, I just really didn't pay attention. I think, you know, as I evolved as a player, individual, obviously becoming a captain, understanding the politics around the business of, it, of the NFL, uh, if I look back on it now, then I, I probably would have seen a lot more coming. Like, this this, is, this isn't right, you know what I mean? But we had enough young guys on that team to where it really wasn't a distraction. 
right? And um, at the time, you know, being uh, you know a low market team, uh, more more so not because of the the scope of the city, but more so because we weren't winning. I don't think it, it, it if something like that happened now with the Patriots, it'd be all over everything, right? It would it'd be the fillers that ESPN needed right now during during this pandemic to just fill fill the gaps, right? Everybody be talking about. You know, uh, Belichick and Kraft aren't, you know, they're, they're, they're not getting along or whatever. But at the time, you know, um, it, it wasn't. Or social media thing. existed. Yeah, social media, the phones, all that wasn't as hyped up as, as it is now. So, no, I didn't really pay attention attention to it until we lost the game and our head coach wasn't on the, the plane. I was like, uh, <laughs> uh, did we mess up that bad? Like, what's going on? And then obviously, you know. <laughs> The next well, I, week, he was gone. So I think that that's refreshing, lawyer, because I think that there's an element maybe of Patriot fans who think, uh, you know, that Parcells bailed on him, didn't give you guys his uh, full attention, and that some people might have used that as an excuse. I find it refreshing to hear you say, you know, as a rookie, your head's down, you're balling, you're trying to play ball, and at the end of this, when as you're just saying. He doesn't fly back with you. Maybe then it clicks into your head and go, "Oops, yeah, maybe right. there was something going on here." Well, that's, and I was—that's that's, that's Super Bowl. We just got beat by the better team. Like we weren't ready, you know. I mean, um, um, we we were getting there. Like I said, it was a part, you know, the, the, a big step in uh, the rest of our journey. But you know, we got beat by the better team. And, and I would just say this: you know, you have coaches all the time. You know, Patriots have had coordinators several times that were leaving that reach the Super Bowl, that are prepping for another job and still can put their their best foot forward coaching that week in that final game of the season. I'm sure Coach Parcells was fully invested in trying to win another Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've talked to Coach um, um, just recently, obviously. And, and you know, uh, if, I, if I felt that he wasn't giving it his all um, – you know, I, I would I would have definitely uh, noticed at that point, um, but again, him, uh, Belichick, you know, we went. You know, those are some of the hardest practices I've ever 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 did in all of football. Uh, we we were we were out there getting after it. We were prepared for that game. Like I said, we just got beat by the better team. Did you think that um, okay rookie year we went to the Super Bowl? I like our core here. I like our team here. We'll be back. Did you think it was going to be like? This is what the NFL is, man. I'm going to be back in the Super Bowl. Let's 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 go. Exactly. I thought it was easy. Like, yeah, we'll wait till next year. <laughs> and so, uh, each 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 year after that, obviously, we got a new coach coming come in, and then a Coach Carroll. Uh, we made it to the playoffs. So each year after that, we went you know one 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 step less than we're you know than the Super Bowl, and then ultimately you know he left and. You're like, damn, <laughs> you know, we got this good team. We got a you know, good, good nucleus of players. You know, why can't we get back there? And, you know, that's just a testament to how hard, you know, the NFL is. The parity in the NFL is very, you know, very equal. Uh, you know, when you, you compete, you got to reinvent your, yourself year after year just to get a shot to get there. So, so Parcells leaves. You go from that heavy hand to the more light touch of Pete Carroll I'm sure there was some oh good as part of that, but what were the challenges? What wh- how did that go for you individually, and how did you felt like that affected the team? Uh, I thought the transition was was okay. I mean, like I said, we 
uh, we went to the playoffs two out of his three years. I mean, it wasn't like we were we we just you know he came in and we just su- you know sucked. Um, I went to my first two Pro Bowls under you know uh, uh, Pete, Pete Carroll. Um, I just ultimately I I don't think that he had total control or you know uh, the ability to shop for the groceries, which I think is is very key for anybody trying to change uh, um, uh, the atmosphere of uh, of, of a. Even a team that just came from a Super Bowl, you still have you have to be true to yourself, and you know what you're looking for. And if you don't have the ability to do that individually, you know, ultimately, you know, you end up out of the playoffs, and you know, somebody else comes in. And I think that's what happened more than anything. I think that you know, Coach Coach Carroll um, would you know probably say that to you now that he is he wasn't ready for that position. I think when he went down to uh, USC and, 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 and had some success, I think he found his formula. Um, I was fortunate enough to have Coach Carroll my my last year uh, up here in Seattle. And when you know, he was still the same guy, but he was different also. Like you could just tell that, you know, he he had found his recipe for, you know, success. And uh, that year we had like 277 transactions. You know, you could just see he was trying to get that roster right to go compete. And that was definitely evident um, that that was the difference between, you know, when I had we had him in New England versus when when I had him later on in his career. You um, he also had some bad breaks a little bit. I mean, and I'm not making excuses for him, but he did have some bad breaks. And one of them you mentioned Pro Bowl. And I remember I was out there uh, at that Pro Bowl in 98. And I was at the in the remember that outdoor kind of uh, lobby Robert area at the, at, at Robert, the Hilton Hawaiian Robert Village. Edwards. Yep. And you and Ty Locke came up and goes, hey, did you hear what happened to Edwards? And I said, no, I didn't. And you guys go, it doesn't look good. And he just walked yeah, away. And I mean, that look, I don't know what his career was going to be, but that was a thousand yard rusher his rookie year. And that's a player that would have helped you guys going forward, clearly. You remember that sure. when you were out there in Hawaii? No, I, yeah, vividly. I was I was there. I went to the hospital. Um, yeah, it, it was it was uh, one of those moments where you know it's just like man, you know, I start start running back and sitting there laying on the sand, um, getting a tan, not in a good way. <laughs> you know, he's just laying there. You can't you can't you can't help him out. Um, uh, he he was a big part of of what we were we were trying to accomplish for sure. Um, but you know, um, one individual doesn't make you know a championship team. Um, I don't, I just I just think that you know uh, when when it comes to the draft or whatever, how much input did Coach Carroll really have in 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 uh, building a team that he he really wanted to have and knew he could be successful with? You know, when I sat down with him in, in my first meeting. Um, in the off season, when he came, he told me, he said, Hey, you know who Tim McDonald is? I was like, yeah, coach. He said, well, I want you to be the Tim McDonald's well, what Tim McDonald was for the, the 49ers for the Patriots. And that blew my mind. Like I was like, you know, cause this is one of my, you know, one of, one of my heroes, a guy that looked up that I looked up to that played my position that I knew was successful. And, you know, he saw enough on tape from my rookie year to say, Hey, look, you know, I want you to be like that guy. So, you know, you guys, obviously, you mentioned went one step back each year from 10 and 6 to 9 and 7 to 8 and 8 and out of the playoffs. And eventually, Pete gets dismissed and Bill comes back. 
And I remember talking to you and Ty, and you guys were kind of lobbying for Bill. Um, you were excited to have him come back. Um, and then he comes back in that first year is obviously a major transition year. Uh, I think you broke training camp that year with 51 players on the roster uh, because Bill didn't believe there were 53 NFL players in camp. So what yeah. was that year 2000 like when you finally hit what am- amounted to bottom at the time when you went 5-11 and 11 under under Coach Belichick? Well, um, individually, uh, that was my my contract year. And I remember going down to Boston and Crafts uh, uh, to his office. And, and, you know, here I am thinking he's going to be talking about me, um, you know, trying to, you know, negotiations or whatever. And the conversation was about, you know, who was going to be the, the, the right guy for the job. Who did I believe um, was the right guy for the job? And obviously he wanted to get my input on Belichick because I had a year – you know, in the classroom with them or whatever. And, and at the time I was like, you know, well, damn, that sucks. That in my mind, I said that that sucks that he doesn't want to talk contract, but <laughs> I'm all, I'm, I'm a, I'm a new England Patriot, you know, through and through. I love Boston, whatever. And if we're going to get this thing right, you know, Belichick is the guy for the job. You know, um, he, I always felt prepared individually. You know, it was all the things that I, I share with, 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 uh, craft at the, at the, at the time. And ultimately, um, you know, he he pulled the trigger and 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 got him in. That first year was rough. It was it was it was it was rough. Um, you know, people always want immediate success when you know when you know when change happens, and and that's not that doesn't that happens very rare, rarely. So, um, as a player, um, I, I just you know uh, I I thought it it it, it sucked. We, we, you know we had big expectations for us as a team and you know, here we were out of the playoffs again um uh but the, the the biggest downfall of that of that uh that season was when we went to Cleveland you know uh Belichick's old stomping ground he was a head coach there and you know for whatever reasons left and we were we were wanting to put on a good show for our for our coach you know in in the in a uh, stadium that, you know, obviously didn't re- respect me. And we got the the brakes beat off of us. And I just remember, um, and I, I can't remember at what point of the season that was in, but I just remember sitting there and I'm, I'm listening to, you know, however many people that, that that stadium, you know, held. And they were just like, Belichick sucks. Belichick sucks. Like, I mean, loud as hell. And we're, we're just, we can't do anything about it because we're getting drugged through the mud. And at that point, I was like, man, we, we got to get this thing turned around. We are listening to uh, Pat from the Past podcast brought to you by W.B. Mason. Uh, W.B. Mason delivers all of your business essentials for free with no minimum order, break room, furniture, facilities maintenance, office supplies, and so much more. For the fastest delivery of business products, nobody does it better than who but W.B. Mason. So my question was going to be, and I think you've answered this, were you at least optimistic that Bill was going to turn this thing around? But it doesn't sound like it after 2000 that you were very optimistic. What changed, lawyer, in your mind as you were saying beforehand? I'll tell you when I thought it was going to turn around. Yeah, I think it was that off season when um, when Belichick brought in veteran guys like Roman Pfeiffer, uh, Brandon Cox, Bobby Hamilton. Um, uh, just uh, Anthony Pleasant, 
just to name a few. And, and you know, I remember as a young guy uh, in the league, like, man, why the hell does he bring around all these geriatric, you know, guys? <laughs> um, uh, but it, it, looking back after we won the championship, I was like, he did that to be an extension of him inside that locker room to to tell these the, the to, to show us young guys how to be a pro. Um, you know, because yeah, we're super talented, but if you don't know how to how to be a pro, how to walk like a pro, how to have a pro atmosphere or whatever, like it 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 just doesn't it doesn't equate to to being a champion. You might win some games individually, you might get paid, but all those guys, and maybe you know it was perfect. You know, towards the end of their careers, they just wanted to win, win one also. Um, you know, they, and again, that might not be that that might not have factored into the way he was thinking. But for me individually, it was it was it it was it was such a relief to have veteran leaderships that even me being a young captain. I can confide it, confide in when when you know times got got rough. And again, nine uh, uh, goes down that year. Times nine got rough. Nine nine eleven hit. Without those those veteran players, you know, uh, uh, keeping us you know straight, you know, rallying us together. You know, uh, I remember Brian Cox was the the, the number one guy. Like, hey, um, yeah, Drew Bledsoe has gone. You know, you guys want to fold up the ship or you want to rally behind this this young guy. You know, we got to go out here as a defense. You, you know, you know, the situation we got to we got to study harder. We you know, we, we got to play harder and we got to give this, you know, give our office a, ch- a chance to mature. And that's what we did. And I, I remember. So you guys start that year. Oh, and two. Obviously, Drew goes down in week two, week three. You're playing the Colts. They've scored 80 plus points in two games. You know, it was it was over. Like you're zero and two. The starting quarterback just went down. Here we go again. Yep. And I remember Brian Cox standing in front of his locker that week. Keep it clean. Being, being, yeah, <laughs> I'll do my best. <laughs> being asked about yeah. Peyton Manning, and he said, "Yo, man, Peyton Manning puts his pants on one leg at a time." Yeah. He said, "I am not the kind of man yeah. to." Yeah. How can we clean that up? Um, yeah, I don't know. think he can. Yeah, yeah, we, we know <laughs> what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. So, so, and you guys go out and you put the screws to the Colts. Uh, Otis has a long touchdown return. Otis Smith. Ty has an interception for a touchdown. I mean, you guys, I, Antoine Smith had a good game. I mean, Tom, you know, didn't have to throw for a lot. You guys dominated Peyton Manning defensively in that game. And, and that kind of seemed to get the ball rolling. Although the following week you went to Miami and got the yeah. crap beat out of you 30 to 10. Um, and Tom that week, Tom Brady that week, after that game, stood up and kind of criticized the team's preparation. Talk about those first couple weeks and how you go from the, the okay, the big win over, over a team that was flying high, then a big loss, and then where do you go from there? Well, uh, again, I, I talked about how uh, uh, Cox stood up in front of the team and he delivered a message, hey, you, you got to you – gotta, you know, make a decision now. You know, do you you want to fold ship or or you know want to keep going? And that Indianapolis game, we you know obviously, <clears throat> um, I don't remember ever even losing to Indianapolis before that. Even with the other coaches, 
or whatever. We just, you know, it was a team that we 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 had our number. No matter how good they were doing, we always played well against, uh, you know, uh, Indianapolis Colts. So I think they were the, the the perfect, you know, foe at that that particular point of our season. Um, <clears throat> um, with a with a new quarterback, you know, being 0 and 2 or whatever. Um, and we rallied and we, 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 we felt good or whatever. Uh, the second the, the game after that, um, Miami, you know, you just refreshed my mind about that. Um, it was a game that we That's lost, whatever, but it, it, we, we were just, we were a team that was, that was, that was, uh, you know, starting the process all over again where everybody else, uh, in, in, in the NFL were, you know, they had their team and, and, you know, there, there was expectations and they can kind of play game after game. We were trying to, you know, really build a new identity around a new a new quarterback. You know, and um, maybe you know being one and one under under Brady. I mean, uh, yeah, under Brady, we were still kind of anticipating uh, uh, Drew Bledsoe's return. When is he going to be back and all, all that? Um, and no matter what happened after the Miami game, wins and losses, whatever, I think Drew was still on everybody's mind. You know, he was the face of our of our team. You know, he was a quarterback, um, um, not really the vocal leader. So we didn't miss that part, but um, you know, it, it, I think us, just like you know, probably everybody else in Boston, we're all you know, all anticipating uh, Drew's return. No matter how good Tom Tom did in those games until he came back. Um, ultimately, you know, uh, when Drew got healthy, you know, Tom, you had like five or six games to. It might have been more, but uh, uh, to to show you know the coaching staff, you know. Belichick enough to, you know, not let uh, Bledsoe come back into the game, and the rest is history. <laughs> and you win, you win six in a row, lawyer. Uh, I remember you and uh, Ty throwing Gatorade over Bill down in Carolina. In Carolina, yeah. Um, you win um, the divisional round. Yeah, we actually we actually got a buy because of because of nine eleven. Right. I think we had an early, early buy that year, but because of 9-11, we missed it. And then we got a buy after uh, the Carolina win. So we, we basically got like three weeks off or something like that. It was like a perfect storm for us. Anyways, sure. go, ahead, go ahead. No, and then then the, the real perfect storm is a snowball where you beat the Raiders. Uh-huh. And everybody knows about that game. But what I wanted to ask you about, which is a lot different today than it was back then. You know, I think Patriot fans are used to, you know, the media attention now or the for the AFC championship game. And everybody's got a press conference in their own facility. Back in 2001, you guys were the road team and you had to go to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh Tell yeah. everybody about the plane ride to Pittsburgh and what you and Tom and Bill ran into, you know, yeah. before the game that Friday before the game. Well, me being the local, uh, the vocal leader on the team at the point, uh, at that point, and Tommy being the the new upstart young quarterback or whatever, obviously, you know, um, the team elected us to to get on the private jet and and go represent, you know, um, the Patriots in Boston, and um, you know, similar to you know, uh, nineteen ninety, well, the first Super Bowl when we played uh, Green Bay, um, going into that AFC AFC Championship team, you know. Uh, to get to that point, people were like, okay, but to win that game, you know, nobody gave us a, a shot in hell to 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 beat the Steelers in Heinz Field. Like that just wasn't going to happen, and it was evident <clears throat> as soon as we flew over Pittsburgh. Like you know, it was, it was all yellow and gold. Um, uh, when we 
<clears throat> went out. To, I think we went out. Went out to breakfast. Me and Tom had a lot of time to talk, and it was just all this stiller, you know, shit um, uh, being, you know, being worn, and you know, people were talking about the game, and you know, yeah, you know, this 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 new kid Brady, you know, uh, he's good, but you know, he has no chance against our defense, uh, you know, and he's sitting right there, you know, and I'm just, you know, we're just soaking it in. Me and I remember me and Brady just like soaking in the atmosphere or whatever, and and um. I was like, man, see, this is this is what it's all about, bro. You know, it's you know, it's this is the NFL. It's supposed to be tough, and you know, obviously at that point, Brady had a lot of questions on, you know, you know, you know, what should he say in front of the, you know, if at the press conference stuff like that, and you know, I said, I can't tell you what to say or how to say it. You know, my mom just told me to count to count to ten when you know <laughs> instead of doing the Willie Clay again, just count to ten and you know you know think about your thoughts or whatever. But we, it was a very, uh, I guess between me and me and Brady, I think we became closer uh, because we had to go back and deliver the message or, or to deliver what we saw uh, to our team, and um, and when we did, you know. Like I said, the, the whole team rallied behind, you know, you know, our vision. Hey, nobody's giving us a shot. Um, ultimately, when the team got down there, um, you know, we 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 saw. I I don't know if they did it on accident, but they had a storage room full of suitcases uh, in preparation to uh, to to fly right out after the game uh, to go down to New Orleans, and it would just added fuel to the fire, fuel to the vision that we that me and uh, Brady had already po- uh, uh, painted. For the guys, uh, going into a hostile env- environment where nobody expects you to win, and that's how we, you know, prepared and ultimately how we played. So, uh, AFC champs, you're headed to your second Super Bowl back to New Orleans. There's yep. no bye week because of 9/11, so you're headed right down there, and you check into the Fairmont, <clears throat> and Captain Malloy's. I'm sure it had a nice, spacious suite, oh, you know, probably three rooms. Why don't you tell the fans <laughs> a treat of your room when you checked into the Fairmont? Oh, probably a sauna I, in his room. I, I, I right. sound like a spoiled brat when I tell this story. But anyways, I walked in the room, and I could touch the walls. You, If I reached my hands out, I could touch the walls. That's how small my room was. <clears throat> um, uh, so everybody's obviously excited to get down there. Um, again, um, we had painted the picture of how – Pittsburgh was going to be. Now you go down to New Orleans and the production just ramps up. Every every you know step you go, it just ramps up. But you know we get down to New Orleans and sure enough, there was plenty of, of Super Bowl stuff. You know uh, um, on the on the walls and you know everywhere throughout New Orleans, right? Like it's a big attract attraction or whatever. But it, it was very very evident who they thought was going to win that game, uh, and it wasn't us. Um, but anyway, we were very excited, and you know everybody has their 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 luggage or whatever. We get our keys, and people sprint, you know, down the hallways to go get their rooms to go see their rooms because the 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 hotel is nice <laughs> as hell or whatever. So I'm all excited or whatever. You know, here I am, a captain of the team, blah blah blah. And I go into the room, and I'm looking like, what the hell? I can barely put my my suitcase down, and um, at that moment, I, I'm like. Uh, and then I and then I think it was Richard Seymour, his big ass comes running down the the hallway. Oh man, you got to see my room. Oh, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's this badass and all you know all that. And he's excited, so I'm like, let me see your room. I go down there, I see his room. 
he has plenty of space. He can, you know, he's a big guy anyway, but he had, it was like a suite or whatever. I'm like, this freaking Ricky has a better room than me. And I, um, I go to a rookie. And so I, I go to a couple other guys' rooms and sure enough, I got the smallest room. So I'm like, um, do, do you want me to keep going with the story? We go down to the, the um, you know, we all get get dressed. We only had like a few few minutes to get dressed, whatever. So I throw my shit in the, in, in the small room and, you know, uh, <clears throat> throw my back to the wall and put my socks on the shit. Like <laughs> it was it, it was just small. So I, you know, I'm, I'm just yeah, I'm just mad as hell. So I we go down and we're about to get onto the bus to go through the walkthrough at I think it was Tulane. Um, How's my memory, guys? It was at Tulane, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Our practice yeah. field, whatever. Anyways, um, so I, I pulled Bill, Bill over. I said, "Bill, hey, um, not to bother you or anything about this, and I'm, you know, very appreciative." <laughs> so I had this big speech, like I had practiced it and all that. I was like, hey, you know, I really appreciate everything you've done for for me individually, and you know, for the for organization. And this is an exciting time for us and all this. And he's like, "Yeah, okay, get to it." I said, well, my room is small as shit, and then, you know, we're, I got you know, Seymour with a big room today. He said, lawyer, shit, we're at the we're, we're we're preparing to beat the Rams, and all you want to talk about is the your freaking room. And he said a different word. He was like, man, you know, basically like you know, get out of my face. So I you know walked away with like a a kid with my, I mean a a dog with my tail between my on my legs, and went on to the walkthrough or whatever. And as soon as we got back from the walkthrough. Um, I think it was Bears. He comes over and throws me a set of keys, whatever. He's like, this is your new room. So I'm like, oh, shit, cool. All right. Didn't go as bad as I thought. So I go up to the room and open it up, and shit opened up like a palace, right? <laughs> I'm sure, like, as soon as I open the door, like, the music started playing, like, the you know, the, the, the incense, whatever, like, you know, started misting at me and all that. And I was like, oh, wow, this is nice. The nice corner spot, uh, view of uh, uh, Bourbon Street and all that. It was it was just nice. And over in the corner, there was like a, a elliptical machine or a tre- tre- treadmill. I'm like, that's that's strange. But I didn't think anything of it. Or whatever. I was like, I'm, I'm not going to use that. I'm getting enough exercise. And I plop my ass on that big ass bed. And like, oh, this is this is how I supposed to be. I'm a captain of a team about to shock the world and finally I'm getting to, you know, treated as so. So we go down to dinner. Um, I'm going down there with a, with a big ass smile. I'm, you know, telling Richard Seymour, yeah, you thought your room was big, bro. Come see my shit after this. <laughs> <laughs> so as soon as I walk through the door, Belichick locks eyes with me. I'm like, okay, oh, oh crap. Here I am. I'm, I'm, you know, getting ready to say thank you and all that for, you know, changing my room out and, he goes over. He's like, "You like your room?" I said, "Yeah, I love it, man. It's so big, and then you know, it smells real nice. And I think it's lavender. And you know, I, I could lay down on my bed, and you know, <laughs> all that. And the strange thing about it is, is there's a, there's a treadmill in, in in the middle of the room. But I don't care. The, the the TV's big, and I'm just going on about all this shit I like about it. And he's like, "Well, I'm glad you like it because it was my room." And I was like, "Oh shit." <laughs> I was like, thank you, sir. Uh, appreciate it. Um, can you pass the peas? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's hysterical. It's, it's classic. Right. It's classic. That wraps up part one of our conversation with Lawyer Malloy. Stay tuned for part two on Pat from the Past, presented by who? But W.B. Mason.
Thank you for downloading this podcast. Subscribe on Apple, Google Play, and everywhere else you listen. Like the show? Please rate and review us. Listener comments and ratings help keep us high in the podcast rankings so new listeners can find us. Be sure to check Patriots.com for more news and more podcasts.